Hello and welcome back to Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia. With me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. And making his first appearance since joining the team, we'd like to welcome Peter Espinoza. Peter, you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, of course. Hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for including me uh, in this in this already great show. Um, I'm so my I'll give you my fantasy soccer history, which is started in OFPL in I don't know 2008 something like that, and played that for a while, and then found my way through a you know a multitude of semi quasi broken sites that were trying to get the draft uh, game going and didn't work with many failed drafts and, and, and upset players. Finally found my way to Taga, which was a bit better. And then as that went away and they, you know, converted everything to fan tracks, I, I moved over there as well. So I, uh, you know, couple home leagues. I've got a dynasty league that I do with, with, some, with uh, John Wallen and some of the, some of the, the old Taga guys and uh, some of the, the Bang Average podcast guys. And nice. uh, now I'm here sharing some time and, and, and some fantasy soccer with you guys. Very cool. Well, we're glad to have you and uh, looking forward to things in the future here. Zach, how you been, man? I'm doing good. Got my uh, slippers on. Uh, <laughs> you know, sitting here at my desk with uh, my dog Archie at my feet. Um, it's been a great break and I'm ready to get back into it. I'm, uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot of um a whole lot of player value variation as we exit this world cup period i i haven't seen too many risers but you know maybe we'll find a few gems in the in the rough for people yeah i'm kind of treating this as like a start to a whole new season so kind of go in expecting to see what we saw at the first half of the season but Obviously, there's definitely going to be some changes, and we'll see what happens. But it's going to be a tough one. This is uh, going to be an interesting week. It's going to be hard to dictate what will happen. Uh, but like you said, it's been a long break away from the Draft Premier League for the World Cup. Congratulations to Leo Messi. Uh, solidified his GOAT status, and uh, Argentina as a whole looked like a lot of fun in Buenos Aires there. Uh, but let's look ahead to Boxing Day in Game Week 17, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So Monday starting off, we've got Brentford hosting Tottenham. Tottenham's favored by half a goal here. Over-under set at 2.5. Uh, let's run through the Brentford side here quick. Uh, Peter, start us off here. Any injuries and note that you've seen? Um, maybe mention a starter, streamer, anybody you want to avoid in this matchup? Uh, well, there's the... The obvious Tony news, which I I believe I saw there were 30 more uh, betting charges added just this last week. So he's definitely uh, in limbo and not available. So, uh, you know, Mbwemo could be could be an option because, you know, even though Tottenham like to have the ball and break their or excuse me, like to not have the ball and break, they're probably going to have more of the ball than they normally do in this game. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and Buemo's speedy, and, and, you know, he could be an option there. 
Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines. Um, will be interesting to see what ends up happening with Tony. Um, not sure what the outcome will be there. I'm assuming he's still allowed to play until things are like finalized. Yeah, actually, uh, you're right. I'm I'm completely wrong on that. He's projected to play everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, would I think they're just allegations at this point, and nothing's really been like confirmed i, I guess I, I don't know i haven't really read into the situation no, no you you're absolutely right so he'd be he'd be the start especially since you're not going to have uh romero back there you're probably going to have davinson sanchez trying to play out of the back which is always dangerous <laughs> and bad for spurs yeah and tony's you know powerful and powerful in the air eric dyer was on the bench today versus nice so he could return but Overall, you're going to have a weakened Spurs backline. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd still run Tony out with full confidence. Be, even being the Tottenham fan I am, no reason yeah. you shouldn't play him this week. I would agree. Zach, you got anything to add there? Uh, I'd say, though I would expect Tottenham's backline to be weaker, they could bring in Langley instead of Davinson Sanchez being the only variation. Um, but I wouldn't expect, obviously, like Perisic to be playing at the le- left side, and uh, he would maybe be one of the risers coming out of the World Cup since he did so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got Emerson projected right now to start on the right, but if either him or Doherty start, I'd love that. Um, and, yeah, I, I've been seeing the same thing about Ivan Tony. I think he's most likely playing. I would think the FA would have provided more uh, insight when – maybe some proceedings by now if he weren't going to play. Um, I know they tacked on actually some more counts of bets. They, yeah, they, they found a couple more bets that he plays. So <laughs> yeah, that's a wild yeah. story as if the first, I don't know, hundred or so weren't enough. <laughs> yeah, so really. yeah, uh, that it's, I think it's a pretty black and white game. Uh, and I'm playing this one cautiously. Yeah. I don't envision this one to be like a multi-goal thriller at all. Um, starting the obvious players, I wouldn't mind streaming Doherty if he starts. Um, but other than that, I'm finding my streamers elsewhere. Uh, one thing to note is that for Tottenham, Bentonker is out. So it looks like Basuma is going to get the start there. I would not stream Basuma this week. I just, he's a very much a defensive midfielder. And I just don't see any upside to him. He'll probably score you four to six points. So. Let's uh, let's move on here. We've got Crystal Palace hosting Fulham. Uh, Palace favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, Zach, you want to run us through this Crystal Palace side? Yeah, so um, I really like I really like Olise in this matchup. I know Fulham is going to have um, Paulinho on the midfield who... In the past, has kind of been one of the important pieces in preventing um, some of these blow-up games we've seen from Fulham recently, which has given us so much confidence in them as a team. Uh, <laughs> but aside from him uh, and Zaha, who's more of a boomer bust uh, forward two, which really any relevant forward is now these these days, um, I don't really like a whole lot from this Palace side. I'm not looking to start Jordan Ayew. I'm not looking to start Cech Decore. Schlup, I'd, I'd leave all those guys personally um, on the bench. We have seen this Crystal Palace team kind of playing at the bare minimum. 
mm-hmm. and it shows. So I want to see some signs of life first, uh, aside from those two studs that I just mentioned. Yeah. Peter, you got anything to add with this Crystal Palace side? Uh, I mean, it's it's all depending on how interested Zaha is on the day. I mean, obviously, you got to roll him out every week because because he is the guy. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, half the time he's more interested in 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 getting into fights with whoever's playing left back and with the fans <laughs> on that side of the field. Yeah. So I mean, I own him in a league. Roll him out every week, and like he's like you said, Zach, he's so boomer bust. But you know, you kind of know that drafting him, and you just got to be comfortable with that. Yeah, I wouldn't add a whole lot as far as Crystal Palace goes. I think that it's going to be up to the usual suspects. Um, Elise, Eze, Zaha, those are the guys. Everybody else is kind of just there. They'll pop up eventually uh, at random, but it's hard to bank on any of that. Uh, as far as the Fulham side goes, it it'll be interesting to see how they carry on the season how they pick up from where they left off um they're a very uh interesting team in the fact that they score relatively well but they don't defend hardly at all uh their goal differential and actually palace's goal differential are very similar they're both right around like the three or four mark but they go about it very differently fulham score and don't defend and palace don't score that often but defend relatively well um so, I mean, obviously, Fulham, you start uh, Mitrovic, uh, Pereira, I would say Willian. But do you guys see any streamers or any players that you have to avoid in this one? Um, Peter, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I mean, I I mean... Obviously, the the center backs, I'm not interested in either of those. I'm not interested in Reed. I think Jopelina is an interesting shout for, for a streaming option. And then whoever is – I say if Dickard over Reed's playing on the on the right side, I'm not interested in him. But if Harry Wilson gets, gets another stab at getting a spot back mm-hmm. and he starts the run of form that we all know he can he – can, create in the championship and it starts to turn into to Premier League form, you know, that's the time you want to own him. So if Harry Wilson's starting, I'm probably and he's not owned already in your league, I'm taking another stab at at starting him and hoping this is this is the start of what we know that he that he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a bad shout too. Um Zach, you got anything to add? Nah, nothing to add there. Defenders, avoid them. Crystal Palace, 19th worst defender scoring per 90, and Fulham are 17th. So uh, I'm not looking to get four points out of either team, and they might not even get that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's jump over to the game where you're probably going to get your defenders from. (laughs) Uh, Everton host Wolves. Everton favored by .25 goals with an over-under of 2.25 is this just going to be a zero zero draw? Is that what we're expecting here? I think the community would love that. This is like your defender flea market, as you alluded to. So <laughs> if you can get yourself a Patterson, a Bueno, uh, any of these other guys, like you've got a really pretty good floor in terms of, you know, how many goals are really going to go in in this game? Uh, unless, you know, Gordon just decides to pop off like he has been in the, um, you know, off season here. Uh, I don't really see a whole lot of goals here. 
like you alluded to, there's really no potency in either of these offenses. Yeah. Peter, are you interested in any of the Wolves forwards uh, with the new manager coming in? You think things are going to change or is it going to take time to kind of come to fruition? I mean, I've always been interested in in Goncalo Guedes ever since he made his way into the league and, you know, I've owned him at multiple points. And it's the ability to to be an actually productive Premier League footballer is there and the ability to be a fan tracks productive uh, footballer is there. So I'm I mean, I, I assume he's starting on um uh, uh, this game week and honestly i'm i'm comfortable trying to start unless you're you're very deep at forward and you mm-hmm. just, it's just not necessary but if you're anywhere looking for a forward three or maybe even a two i'm comfortable rolling him out because i i like him i'm I, I like him a lot yeah i mean wolves this is one of those teams that a lot can change with the restart of the season because of the new manager. Um, we could see personnel changes. We could see uh, shifted formation and tactics, obviously. Um, so this is very much like a fresh eyes game to see how they play against a pretty stout Everson defense. Um, but, I mean... I only see this going one way, and I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Um, is there really so anyone I, else? I think, so I I did want to say that the one of the main you know fantasy weirdos we've had over the past three four years is Adama Traore, and we'll see if if he's liked by the new manager or not. Yeah, very guess, true. Because you know if 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 he's keen on him, then boom, he becomes incredibly valuable, you know, second, third round uh, type of type of value. But if he doesn't and he's not starting game one, especially when he hasn't been away at the World Cup, then if you've got him rostered, you're thinking about dropping him sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Zach, you got anything to add? Uh, I'm going to spend as little time on this one as possible, to be honest. <laughs> I, will not, I will not be watching that game. See, I was just going to say, I was like, I'm interested in to watch this game, but I'm very disinterested in the assets of this game other than like the defenders that I could stream. So I don't yeah, know. Wolves I'm just interested to see to st- how Wolves plays. They're, they're projected to start a midfielder named Joseph Hodge, who I've never heard of. So that's not, not a good sign. Huh? Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Uh, one of the more interesting matchups of the game week, uh, we've got Leicester, Newcastle, Newcastle favored by 0.25 goals and an over under of 2.75. Uh, interestingly enough, before we go into the world cup break, Leicester had won four of its last five games, losing that fifth one and Newcastle had won five in their last five. So these teams kind of had a very hot ending to the Premier League season, shall we? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this game kicks off. Um, for this Leicester side, Danny Ward's just the guy now, right? Uh, I mean, he's he's the best goalkeeper been, in the league. Hasn't this been known? I mean, <laughs> Ever since we called him out, he's been like the best keeper in the league. If England had him... <laughs> Boy, the things they could have done in that France game. <laughs> but, 
But really, though, with this Lester side, I mean, you're starting Madison. I mean, you're you're probably starting Barnes, right? Uh, but are are you looking to start the defenders in this side, Peter? What do you what do you think on that one? Well, any side that starts Daniel Amarty, which they normally do, is going to get scored on a lot. He's <laughs> one of my least favorite players, and I think the one of the worst players in the Premier League. And I, I it's it 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 it, it just bewilders me how he st- he remains in the starting lineup eighty percent of the weeks. Uh, so no, I even even Castagne on a on a on a matchup like this where Newcastle is strong. Obviously, momentum is 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 there. That's been a, a long time since they played, but you know they they won their Car- their Carabao Cup game yesterday. ASM's almost back healthy, so you know they got a lot of weapons. That Castagne is without a lot of help from a Marti playing next to him. He's not really fit for this matchup, and I'm I'm avoiding if I can. Hmm. Um. So that just means Amarty is going to go off for like double digit points now. So um, that's just I, what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am willing to <laughs> I am willing to to bet a lot of important things to me that Amarty will will score close to zero points this week. <laughs> so Marty, uh, we'll will will check after the week, but I'm fairly certain that's where he'll be. <laughs> yeah. Zach, what do you, what do you think about this Leicester side? Anything stand out to you? I mean, if there's one thing we we don't take lightly here uh, at the Premier League on tap is Amarty's slander. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm looking at his last two games, and he's scored ten and thirteen, <laughs> thirteen and a half. So, I yes. uh, yeah. This but this Leicester defense is firing on all cylinders. Um, New, Newcastle it, should put him back where he belongs. I would Boy, assume so. Yeah, but they, their game against Southampton, which was was that their last game, I think? I remember they were just so below Southampton in XG, or or they overperformed their XG, that is, that uh, people will think that that was such a bigger route than it was. I, I don't know. Maybe there might be some regression. Maybe there won't. But Leicester's been a good defense, so I think you got to respect that. And I don't. I wouldn't say all these Newcastle forwards are just locked and loaded starters. I'm, I'm going to give Leicester the benefit of the doubt that their performances haven't been fake. Yeah. For, I mean, if you're looking at season stats, you look at Leicester's defense and you're like, there's no way this defense is any good. They've given up 25 goals. But in their last five games, they've given up one. So the defense is completely turned around. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I thought Brendan Rodgers was going to get axed, but... Here we are. They've turned things around. They actually have some viable assets now. But I do think that Newcastle is just the better side right now. Um, Their defense is extremely good. Um, So, like I said, I mean, this is the highest per 90 in the league right now. They get 10.8 points per 90 on average. And uh, the next closest is Arsenal at 8.6. Leicester's climbing their way up, though. I mean, after a very, very questionable start, they're at 6.6 points per 90, seventh place overall. So, um, yeah, Yeah. not too bad. From this Newcastle side, 
I mean, is there anybody to stream? Is there anybody available? Because I think Willick is the only one that might be at a low enough roster percentage to actually throw out there. Um, are either of you guys looking at him as a possible streamer in this matchup? Yeah, I yeah, if... I feel like he should be universally owned. I don't know about what huh. you think, Peter. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's like sixty or seventy percent owned, so he's nearing the non-streamer territory but uh yeah i mean i'm with a side that is so uh, kind of well oiled right now to to score goals i yeah i mean i'm i'd happily run him out against against lester other than that you know not a, every everything's fairly obvious other than maybe you throw dan burn in there as a defensive streamer if you need Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're starting 11 and they're few, like, the one or two people that rotate every once in a while, they're all above 60% owned. So it's it's very difficult to find a streamer for this Newcastle side. Mm-hmm. Um, but one question I do want to raise to you guys is, I put this out in a tweet earlier this week, uh, but Miggy Almiron, I think, is a player, I asked the question, Can't do you think that he will continue his form into the second half of the season, or will the likes of St. Maximin, Isak, uh, those guys returning to fitness, kind of eating away maybe at his playing time, will he start to, will we see a, I think we'll see some regression, but how much will it change? um zach we'll throw this one to you yeah so just from my experience in fantasy overall both between soccer and football i'd say i think when when events like this happen uh these players come back into the fold after being injured it probably ups his uh it, it probably you know ups the overall offense strength so you know there might be more goals overall. They might get shared around. I think he could become maybe a little bit more boomer bust because it could be less predictable who's going to get the goal, mm-hmm. and he might be less involved in the build-up play. Like I know he's getting quite a few touches in the box because he's their go-to guy, which feels weird to say, but he's the go-to <laughs> guy, and that's going to be less so the case. Um, but you're still going to see this team playing in positive game scripts with good attackers in a good offense there's nothing there to hate still so i still like him i just think that he may regress a tiny bit and then i wouldn't be surprised to see newcastle as a team regress a little bit but those additions should help maybe offset some of that yeah would you consider him as a like trade out on a high candidate i don't believe you're gonna get the value he deserves so no but if you find someone who hits your inbox uh, looking for him, then that's the type of guy I'd be looking for. But I wouldn't actively be seeking to trade him right now just because I, I feel like you'll only regret it. Like you'll sell him on a high and he stays there somehow, which is pretty improbable, <laughs> I think. Or you yeah. sell him for like lower than what he's worth because everyone think everyone and their brother thinks this guy's a sell high. So I don't know who you're, who, what idiot you're selling him to. And you know, whoever's going to buy him, I'm sure you could offload someone else to him. So it's just, it doesn't, True. I don't think it's a winning trade. Yeah. Peter, what are your thoughts on Miggy? Yeah. I honestly, I've never really liked Almiron. Even, 
even this year, I've never, I've never been keen on him. And even now, I'm still not a believer. I mean, I, yeah. had I have somehow ended up with him on any of my teams this year, I would have been trying to trade him out on on a high, you know, after after he scored in two straight. And but that's there's a lot of bias in there. Let me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I think I'll that's the that sentiment around the space, personally. <laughs> yeah, I, he's so. just he's just not for me, and I I think Isak is very talented and it's going to be hard to keep him out of that starting lineup when he comes back so somebody's got to make way one of those four but yeah he's just not really for me if you can trade him out now i would still be doing it yeah i would agree um i don't really have much more to add on top of what you guys already said so uh let's move on here we've got southampton versus brighton brighton's favored by 0.25 goals with an over under of 2.5 um, as far as the Southampton side goes, it's another one of those teams with a new manager. Um, could see a change in formation, a change in tactics, a change in personnel. Um, one note I want to make real quick before we jump into the Southampton side is I know I've dogged on James Ward-Prowse earlier in the season. Um, I do think he is a trade-in candidate right now. Um, just based on the player history, the asset history, we know what he's capable of. And I think a new manager is going to want to get the most out of his captain. Obviously, he's got a monopoly on set pieces. So I think his stock is on the rise. I would look to get him in if I can. But as of now, unless I see that he's playing in a more advanced role, I'm on the fence about starting him Like dependent on my midfield uh lineup or roster depth um so he would be like a three or mid three or four at this point for me um but with that being said peter what do you have on southampton here like do you do you see yourself starting anybody from this side are you looking to avoid them altogether um against this brighton team um you know Che Adams in a pinch, but only in a pinch. And other than that, I'm I'm comfortable rolling out uh, James Lord Prowse, like you said, in, in most situations. And, but other than that, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking anywhere in this projected starting lineup of of people who who are going to benefit your team this week. Mm-hmm. Zach, do you have anybody in mind? Uh, just to the Che Adams part, the pinch. The, the forward in a pinch is actually a top 11 forward on the season right now for context. But I agree, I don't really like him either. <laughs> he, there's nothing exciting about you. You know, you're not rolling Che Adams out and being like, oh man, I got this one in the bag. I got a top 12 forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, mean, the forward I, landscape yeah. is pretty grim. So. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. It's almost like you might as well, like, if you don't have one of the top guys, you might as well just throw the best forward out there you got and just move on to like a midfielder or a defender or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, with us with the Southampton side, it's not a great matchup. So I'm really not gonna be looking toward their defenders. I think you can get away with like a Perot, but Southampton is pretty much bang average in terms of defender scoring, and this is I'd say a subpar matchup. Like not not the worst it could be, obviously. You know, Brighton um, 
could be a little a little dogged after the World Cup. I know they have a couple of guys. Like, they're missing McAllister. Uh, Caicedo was in it. Um, Lanthi didn't really play much. Trussard didn't play a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. He'll be – He'll be. I think that's actually your ideal scenario is you got a guy who played and uh, got kicked out after group stages because it kept them fit, but mm-hmm. they – um, you know, had plenty of time to recover for whatever yeah. that's worth. That's my personal theory. But if anyone else believes otherwise, they're entitled to that. So I think a Stupinian played pretty well in the World Cup as well. So he did, yeah, he did play real well and he was getting pretty solid minutes. So if you could get him on the cheap, he's a guy I would definitely like. Um, but Southampton can score, you know, give him give him credit. I know they're they're lacking some some depth, so you know, we'll see how that starting lineup looks, but you know, they're a bang average team. So you're starting, like you said, you're starting JWP, you're starting Che Adams, and you could maybe start pro. But other than that, I'm, I'm all set. I don't need any more of that. Yeah. And I mean, we might see some, something tactically like completely different than what we've seen in the first half of the season with a new manager coming in. So, I mean, who knows? We could see a completely different Southampton side, but I wouldn't expect it. This Brighton team is pretty good. Um, they've got uh, decent players all around the park. So, um, yeah. Peter, anything to add to this one? No, I'm, other than my – I've got a I've got a pretty big love affair going on with, uh, with that Estupinian. I think he's going to be a fantasy monster in the, in the near future. And other than that – I'm streaming all three of the large center backs and everybody else besides Adam Lallana. I'm, I'm starting comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree with you. Moving on to the next game. We've got Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Liverpool favored by 0.75 goals with an over under of three. I believe this is our first matchup. Yep. This is our first matchup. That's hit the three goal mark. So uh, this one looks to be pretty high scoring. <laughs> Um, Peter, why don't you run us through this Aston Villa side? Is there anybody you like, anybody you want to see start uh, as possible streamers you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I'm first of all, I'm very happy for Leon Bailey that he was able to stay fit for, unless I'm mistaken, he missed, he missed only maybe one or like a game here or there through the first half of the season and started to look like, the player he was when he was when he was with Leverkusen. So, I mean, I'm very excited. I, I wish I owned him in some leagues. So obviously, you're. I'm I'm comfortable with starting him. I'm not so sure. I, I love Ollie Watkins, but I think in this matchup, it's it's going to be tough for him. Even though I know he he scored the three or four, what was it four last year or COVID year against them in the, oh, the yeah. seven two game. Yep. I you know that was great. I don't see a replication, but I'm I'm all right with starting Leon Bailey because he'll be going up against the we all know horrific defending of Trent Alexander Arnold. But maybe he worked on it over the break. Because, <laughs> I hope you know, so. He wasn't he he wasn't playing for England. So, but I I'd start Leon Bailey see if he can't be the you know one of the few successes that Aston Villa might have against against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach. Anybody stand out to you on this Villa side? Uh, I'm still proceeding with a little bit of caution, though. I know we've seen them uh, perform a bit better lately. Let's just make sure it's not a new manager um, boost or uh, 
you know, a facade and, <laughs> you know, make sure this is the real deal here. But I do agree. The Liverpool line, not naming names, uh, can be permeable at times. So I would feel comfortable rolling out someone like Leon Bailey and Ali Watkins, Danny Ings. I just, I just can't do it. I know it's a revenge game, but uh, I just, I just can't do it. See, I was just about to say that because the forward landscape is so ridiculous, Danny Ings isn't a bad shout in this one, just based off of Liverpool's defense so far and what we've seen from Unai Emery. But, I mean, I would only go there if I absolutely had to. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you guys for the most part as far as Bailey goes. Ali Watkins is a decent shot in this one, um, but... I would probably stay away from my defenders because you have a completely rested Mo Salah coming at you. Don't like that. Um, Danny Ings is another... actually 21st ranked forward on the season right now for whatever that's worth. <laughs> and and another thing to mention about Villa, not particularly for this game, but going forward, Coutinho has been noted saying, you know, it sounds like he's fed up. And he wants to go back to Brazil. Could happen in January. They could just terminate his contract. So hmm. you could get a, a, a bigger Emmy Buendia bounce than he's already got by clearly kind of being the preferred attacking midfielder there. So if he's available, it could be worth. Because I know he's available in a couple of my leagues just because of people fed up. Could mm-hmm. be time to grab him and hold and see if now is is you know now is the time for him. Yeah, his roster percentage is the exact same as the amount of points he's scored all season, 61%. Hmm. See, so could be he he could he could be that <laughs> that big boost for the yeah. second half of the season for you. Yeah, death I didn't know that about Coutinho. And, death taxes and hoping that Emi Buendia finally performs in the Premier League. Yeah, that's true. It's, Man, he's got to go on that Almiron streak. It... <laughs> I'd prefer that. <laughs> uh, as far as this Liverpool side goes, I mean. I think you start all the attackers. You start probably all the defenders. Do you start any of the midfielders, Zach? I don't. I I don't. No. Peter. Nope. Yeah, I start. I start Tiago. I'll start Harvey Elliott. I mean, Zach, is that going to be the midfield three? Oh, oh, oh! My bad. I brain fart. I thought you were talking about Villa. Uh, yeah, no. No, 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 no. I'm Liverpool, moved on to Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. you're starting Elliot and and uh, Tiago. Yeah, for sure. Because that's gonna, I mean, that's the midfield three, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like Fabinho, Elliot, and Tiago. Fabinho's a hard bench, and the oh, yeah. tour firm starts. So, don't think twice. Yep. Uh, I'm thinking three times. What do you think about Harvey? Know. Either of them. I just don't care for the Liverpool midfield assets at all. They're they're not sexy, but they get the job done. And I I think that, I mean, the one thing I worry about with like Thiago is he's just so injury prone. But I think Harvey's Harvey's young. He's he's becoming more of a proven talent. He's able to get forward. So uh, I I like him coming out of that midfield, and obviously he'll be well rested. So you know, let's see what he can do against. I would say Villa is still a very beatable defense. I would not weigh too much any of their performances as of recent. No, I'm not worried about the Villa defense at all. It's just the fact that, like, yeah, the upside's there for Tiago and Elliott, but they're both sitting at around five points per game. So it's like the upside's there, but they rarely ever hit it. 
it's it seems like the forward three for Liverpool are the ones doing all of the scoring. Currently, either in yeah. fan tracks or on the scoreboard. So I don't know. It's just been a pretty down year for most Liverpool assets, but mm-hmm. fifth mean, yeah, worst he... midfield in terms of uh scoring per ninety, but that does include Fabinho, who is never gonna score a single point really for you. Yeah. So. Um yeah, I low upside, but I think you have to start. Don't mistake my firm start for they're gonna score you 25 points i'm expecting like a safe 10 ish yeah so if you had to if you had to start either danny ings or tiago or elliot you're going with tiago or elliot uh yes but there's a scenario where roster construction could play into danny ings if like you know you're gonna be up against the other guy and gonna need like a 30 bomb like you know those guys aren't getting that i know yeah. you know that for a fact so yeah. if if that's what you're looking for um then you're not gonna find that in a liverpool midfielder fair enough peter anything to add about this liverpool side nope i pretty self-explanatory we get to watch more finally we get to see more hilarious darwin nunez uh <laughs> do 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 funny things he's he's one of my favorite players at the moment just because of (laughs) because of his his athletic ability and his and his on-field silliness do you guys think trent turns it around in the second half of the season for fantasy or real life yes uh (laughs) to both yes sorry either one of those sorry nate you cut out say nate nate you cut out a sec say that again so Trent Alexander-Arnold, does he turn it around in the second half of the season, both in on-field performance and fan tracks performance? Oh, yeah. I've sent out a bunch of trade offers for him already this last week. Yeah, I, I traded him in in my home league. Yeah. I, yeah, you kind of might have missed the window if you there. haven't done it already, I'd say, because he's already uh, top 12 in the last five weeks. He's averaged... Uh, I want to say roughly 10 points or so per game. Mm-hmm. 8 to 10. Which for a defender this year, you'll take that all day long. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's incredible Yeah, this year. So, All right, let's move on here to the last game on Boxing Day. We've got Arsenal hosting West Ham. Arsenal favored by a full goal in this one in an over-under sitting at 2.75. Um, as... Uh, I'm sure Peter loves Arsenal and wants to talk about them oh so much. I will let you get started on this one. Um, with Jesus out, is there anybody on this team that you're looking to stream or start in this matchup, or are you looking to avoid some certain players? Um, you know, there was there was the the question like a week or so ago, whether it was going to be Enketia or, or Reese Nelson, I don't even think Reese Nelson would have been in the picture were it not for that 30 plus point performance. He, he had coming in for Saka when he, when he got injured right before yeah. the world cup. So I don't even think he wouldn't have even, it wouldn't have even been a question, but then I think I saw that he actually um, might've, might've had a small hamstring injury or something. So I'm, you know, I've, picked up in Ketia in in the leagues that he was available and I'm 
going to roll them out with comfort and then we'll see which version of them we get based on the the arsenal twitter there's <laughs> there's there's a real jekyll and hyde thing they've got going on with him so i'm you know i'm rolling them out for now i'm and then all the obvious prior to the world cup i think remains now and it's it's going to be a very predictable lineup mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see if um, martinelli possibly slides into that forward role i think that was maybe something that arteta alluded to could possibly happen um who knows maybe zinchenko gets pushed forward a little bit more but or fabio Vieira comes in um it'll be interesting to see how that one gets lined up but uh zach are you, you looking Fabi, at any... it, yeah if you fabio Vieira in, in the starting lineup just grab him immediately oh yeah i agree 100 percent. if you see anyone in that front four grab him immediately i mean i actually yeah i actually picked up esr and I think both my leagues before the break because I figured, hey, if any of these front four get injured on Arsenal, he's got a chance to to hop in there. And I mean, how many attacks are there like Arsenal where there's potential viable, you know, starters sitting out on the waiver wire that if they were to, you know, get an injury in front of them, they'd probably start most games. I mean, I know Jesus of all the four is probably the least likely to give way to ESR, but if any of the other three did, I I would think he's the next up once he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I would start Tierney in this matchup here. Third highest clean sheet odds on the slate. Um, he could have some chances to get forward. And, um, you know, as we have here, Skamaka could be out of this one with an ankle roll. So if they're starting Mikhail Antonio up top, clean sheet odds go up even higher for me. Yeah, this West Ham side is scored 12 goals all season so that's doesn't bode well for them going up against arsenal so yeah i'm not overly enthused about the west ham assets um haven't been for a long time but yeah i would agree with you as far as arsenal goes i'm probably streaming their wing backs possibly a center back if i have to um but definitely keeping an eye out to see how this team lines up um with jesus out we could see interesting changes to say the least so um as far as this west ham side does go uh you said skamaka may be out with an ankle roll uh i mean antonio's still listed as questionable if cresswell's out then uh, are there any viable assets on this west ham side then i mean i i as you saw in my tweet this week, I've got a, I really like Lucas Paqueta and he's starting to, you know, some of the counting stats are starting to find their way into his game towards the end of the first part of the season. And I think there's more from him and I'm going to stick by that until he's, he's transferred away and I can no longer own him. <laughs> yeah. Paqueta's not a bad shout. I mean, is Bowen someone that should be on anybody's radar right now? Does he think he's going to turn around in the second half? I, I've never been a huge fan of him, even though, I mean, even, you know, he had the, a very Ryan frazier type year last year, and now he's doing the Ryan Frazier thing and turning it upside down. But, you know, we've seen hints of him starting to recover that type of form. But, and, you know, he's, you, when they score, 
if he hadn't scored, he's usually very near the ball and right near the run of play. He's he's always around. He's always hovering. I mean, he's got great movement. So, I mean, if you own him, I think you're still starting him this week because you, whether it's it was auction or snake, you probably paid a lot for him. Yeah. And you know, you're 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 he's either your midfield one or two. So you're 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 rolling him out because you have to. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Zach, what do you think about this West Ham side? Does anybody interest you at all? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see if he's not. I don't. Is he in the lineup in Rama? Um, I know he's high in the shot creating action. So if he's starting, I'd actually probably play him, uh, especially given that Skamaka and um, Skamaka and Antonio both are questionable for this game. I think that maybe. He's not the first guy to come off like he traditionally can be. And he's one that can demand volume at times, uh, albeit, you know, next to Paqueta and Bowen, who I still think are better players in real life than him. Mm-hmm. He is he is fourth in shock rating actions per 90, um, similar to what uh, Peter just mentioned about uh, Bowen being naturally close to the ball when they score, whether he's truly involved in the goal or not um that has a lot of value and is really going to drive production but unfortunately i don't think uh west ham is going to get too many sniffs of goal in this game yeah i don't i don't think so either i think it'll be west ham's gonna have to play some damn good defense in order to stay in this one um anything to add on either of these sides no, I mean I completely agree about Ben Rama. the The only bad thing is he's a guaranteed sixty or thirty. He's gonna if he starts, he's it's good for sixty. If he doesn't, you know, he's he he's the guy coming on at sixty. Yeah. Which it's always, I mean, he is a you know he's got the flair and he's fun to watch. And I I'll I'll start him in the right situation every week, but this one feels like one where he'll see sixty or less, simply because they're probably going to be trailing and might need some sort of change of pace at that point in the game yeah yeah that's probably fair that's a good shout all right let's move on to the tuesday games here um we've got chelsea hosting bournemouth chelsea favored by 1.5 goals and an over under of 2.75 um chelsea are favored by 1.5 goals if they even score two goals in this game i'll be pretty happy for them um Chelsea have the second highest clean sheet odds at about 50%. Uh, but as far as this Chelsea team goes, it looks like Reese James is going to come back, which is going to help them both sides of the ball. But Peter, are you looking at any of these Chelsea, let's say attacking assets as like, do you want any of them on your team the rest of the season? Ugh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> at this moment it's it's really hard to be positive <laughs> because Raheem Sterling has had such a, a such a disintegration that you know a lot of people might have predicted because he wasn't having the supreme service from from KDB and other you know members of the of the immaculate city midfield but man it's it started off okay for him and it's got worse and worse you know he could be a trade in low, but even then, I am so uncomfortable bringing him in compared to what I'd have to pay for him. 
especially since the people I know in my leagues are Chelsea fans and, you know, the, they're coveting him and they're they're in denial. So I'm <laughs> not interested in even trying to go get him. Not at all. Yeah. Zach, what do you think about these guys? This team is such a mystery. I, I feel like <laughs> I need to yeah. see, like, yep. 10 more games before I can trust anything that comes out of this team. Even if they bang four goals away against Bournemouth, it would mean pretty much nothing to me. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I tentatively like their defense here with the second highest clean sheet odds, but we've seen Bournemouth and the tree Kiefer more ruin um, that promise for yeah. some teams in the past. Yeah. So I think one, one and a half is a very generous line for Chelsea, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they hit it. So uh, we shall see, but that forward line is definitely something that could be a combination of, of many different people. Uh, one of which I actually brought in uh, from this line is Ziyech uh, before the World Cup, just because I knew that he would get consistent minutes from Morocco. I don't know if, you know, Potter's going to give a crap about what he did in the World Cup and if he's just going to roll with the same front three or front four that he's been doing. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if Ziyech is in the starting lineup, I like him. And I, with a, with a line of minus one and a half, you have to have a really good reason, I think, to bench an attacker in a front four. And I don't have one other than I don't like Chelsea assets. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Because, like, I would honestly look to bet that line, but I can see it happening. Like, I can see them scoring three to four goals in this matchup. I also could see them winning one nothing. So, it's hard to tell. But that's a good shout with Ziyech. He had such a good tournament, and he's only rostered at 17%. So if he does start, he's available in almost every league. So he's definitely yeah. a streamer for sure to look for. Yeah. That uh, penalty yeah. down the middle in, was enough for me to pick him up in the World Cup. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's cheeky. Yeah. Um, on the flip side of this, this Bournemouth team, I know we mentioned the photosynthesis king, Kiefer Moore. Um, but it, is anybody on this side someone that you're looking to start in this matchup, possibly a streamer, or are you just looking to avoid the team altogether? Uh, Peter, what do you think on this one? I I've, I listed Tavernier just because I'm I'm optimistic about him, and I we talked about it earlier. I owned him for the ten weeks where he was miserable, and now he's <laughs> he's absolutely turned it on in terms of shot creation and being involved and you know being the engine i mean he mm -hmm. runs across the entire you know horizontal line of the midfield trying to get the ball trying to to kickstart the attack and you just i i love a player like that so it's a shame i missed him missed it, 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 owning him at the right time but i i i'm he's one I'd, I'd roll out against chelsea zach anybody to add <sighs> man it's it seems like i've infected peter with the uh, Marcus <laughs> Tavernier, um, whatever you'll have it be. I I actually, through the first maybe 10 weeks, I just loved every peripheral of his. seemed great. Um, and watching him, he looked great. But then nothing came off. And so I did the same thing as you, man. 10 weeks went by. I'm like, screw it. I'm dropping this guy. He, could, he, he probably cost me a week or two. 
not only just playing him, but having him instead of someone else on my bench. Um, and I was just done with it, but I, I, I agree. He's a good start. Now his shot creating actions are a little bit lower than I would expect or goal creating actions. One of the two he's, uh, at one Oh five there. So, you know, yeah, that's shot creating actions. You know, Bournemouth isn't necessarily a, uh, shot creating hub. They, uh, kind of thrive on efficiency or over efficiency. So I guess that's not extremely surprising, but uh, I would say that there's really not too many people other than Tavernier you should be looking to start. I know we saw um, Solanke getting hot. I'd start him. Kiefer Moore is more of a streamer. Um, you know, but other than that, I'm not interested in this defense. I'm not interested in this midfield, even Philip Billing. Um, I, there's, just, there's just not a lot of meat on the Bournemouth bone. No, I mean, they have... They don't score very well from any aspect between defense, midfield, or forward. So I just kind of avoid them at all costs. (laughs) Even if they do score well, it's just going to be an outlier. They don't have many consistent performances. So it's kind of just a crapshoot, especially going up against the Chelsea side that are supposed to be good defensively, even though we've seen them play like shit every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of fading Bournemouth entirely. I think that they're going to have to pretty much just set up shop in this one and look to hit on the counter or from a set piece. Uh, but I mean, if you're looking for betting props, I still do like betting against the Chelsea by one and a half. I would probably take the Bournemouth side of that. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at on this matchup. Anybody got anything else? No, let's just keep taking a stroll down Barnburner Lane here and move on to Man U versus Nottingham Forest. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, United in this one, favored by a goal and a half. So we've got another one here. Uh, over under set at 2.75. Uh, United with the highest clean sheet odds at 51%. Uh, unfortunately, one of my best assets and one of United's best assets, Diego Dillo. It looks like he's questionable with a hamstring injury. Um, I'm hoping he plays, but uh, that could remain to be seen. Uh, Peter, walk us through this Manchester United team. Uh, anybody sticking out on you or sticking out to you in the second half of the season here that you want to own, whether it's for this one, you're starting somebody special, possible streamer, um, or are you looking to avoid certain players? Uh, I'm. I mean, I really like Marcus Rashford at the moment because of the the Ronaldo exit and you know Anthony Martial. I, he actually started in their in their Carabao Cup game this week, but with the injury history, it's you know no matter how long he goes injury free, you have no confidence it's going to stay that way. And uh, Rashford, when he's been playing towards the end of the year towards the end of the first half of the season he really looked like himself before the bad injury and then when he you know was on showcase for England it 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 looked the same it looked like the confidence is there mm-hmm. and I think whether he's playing the nine or he's playing on the wing I he's somebody I'd even go try to trade for right now yeah it's not a bad idea honestly I was kind of considering that leading into the World Cup so 
it's not a bad time to pick other them up. Other than that. Other than that, the only note for United, I think, is their wonky defense at the moment. Veron will be back late. Casemiro played center back for for United in their in their Carabao Cup game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their things are are you know they're kind of mo- a lot of moving weird parts may may leave them susceptible this week, uh, but it, it is is Nottingham Forest, so who knows? Yeah, I'm assuming both Veron and. Martinez are going to be back late. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of just plug and play in the defense. Maybe we'll see Harry Maguire return to form. But I think he's a fantastic streamer this week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a bad shout if he gets a start. He's perfect. He's in one of these late slate games. He's one of the most likely ones to be available. They've got the highest clean sheet odds. I mean, all signs point up for Harry Maguire. But he doesn't have Southgate as a manager, so you know he's going to come back and play like absolute shit. Yep. He does <laughs> have the whole fridge thing going against him. So, uh, yeah, I guess with some caution, but I don't know how much better you're going to get in uh, this last these last three games here. Most of these guys probably aren't available um, on defense here. So, Yeah. Um, as far as Nottingham Forest goes, how do you see this team kind of playing out the rest of the season? Is this a team that obviously they signed uh, like fucking eight worths, eight teams worth of players over the uh, summer break? And now is this team finally starting to gel a little bit? Are they going to start to see some more better results? Or is this team just not good enough to cut it in the Premier League? Um, Peter, what do you think about this one? I'll be very candid. I have no idea. I have <laughs> very little. With the amount of players they signed, it was, it was. I mean, it, I didn't even make an effort. I know this, it, <laughs> we're supposed to be informing our listeners out there, but I'll be very candid. I made very little effort to understand how they were going to line up, what the player rotation was going to look like, and if there was any fantasy assets to have. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not interested in, in anybody simply because it feels too difficult to 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 dive in yeah i so. agree 100 percent because i had the same thought process coming into the season it's like some people are like oh you need this nottingham forest asset it's like they have 30 players that are vying for 11 spots so how well i want to draft any one of them and, and then just... shit just changes halfway through the season so this and has been already made another signing before yeah. January, they've already signed someone else. Another, I can't remember who it was. Oh, from the Brazilian league. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Yep. I f- I forgot his name, but yeah, he looks <laughs> like he might be a good pickup whenever that comes along. But it's just it's it's crazy that somebody in the Premier League decided to just gather thirty of the most mid players uh, out <laughs> there in the market. Like there's <laughs> they're all just so close and of replacement value. It's it's essentially like somebody not drafting a team and just making a full free agent squad. Yeah. In, in fantasy, that is. So yeah. I, I yep. want nothing to do with them. I concur. I feel bad for whoever works um, as the athletic representative for them because they're just probably constantly busy with <laughs> team news, just who's in, who's out. Like That team is just a disaster. I mean, I, they're, they're going down 100%. I don't understand why anyone would ever <laughs> want to sign with them. 
that's probably a fantastic idea for a very comical bit is to just be in the office of the like writer for the athletic that covers Nottingham Forest be like hey we got another transfer for you and the dude's like strung out on like eight ball like eight balls of cocaine like dude I've had to stay awake for the last like 21 days because they keep signing players yeah it's like this dude is just and they gotta act like they know how good every single one of them is and what yeah like I've never heard of this guy (laughs) like yep oh yeah I I've just been kind of out on Forest since the beginning. It's always been like a wait and see, and I'm still waiting and seeing, and I'm not seeing much. So it's like just in the back of my mind. Um, <laughs> anybody got anything to add for this matchup? Nope. Right. Already, already looking at the city lineup to. <laughs> We've already spent far too long on such yeah. an irrelevant team. Yeah. So going into the last game of the game week on Wednesday, Leeds host Man City. Uh, a justifiable Man City favorability here of 1.75 goals and an over-under of 3.25. Um, I mean, outside of a Man City win, how bad will it be? Like, is this a 4-5 goal game? Or is this a 2-goal game and we'll move on to the next one. I I think it could be ugly. Leeds have a lot of a lot of injury issues and especially on the on the attacking front, a lot of a lot of questionables, you know, Bamford, Somerville, Sinistera, uh Elon Melier might even be out, so they might have to start a different goalkeeper than than Melier, which is even scarier. I I think I think it could be could be one of those ugly games. I mean, it's not like they're going up against a well-rested Erling Holland at all. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he he's he's hungry. He could win the Golden Boot on Wednesday. <laughs> you might as well just give it to him. Yeah, I I I I hope he does. I want I want a different news cycle other than the Messi World Cup. And if he scores ten, that would surely that that would surely adjust things. That would change the news cycle drastically. I had to mute the word messy on Twitter. I was just tired <laughs> of seeing that. it. <laughs> it's like, dude, I almost I'm, followed you. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Zach, anything on this one? Are you looking at any Leeds assets here? Uh, I maybe think that uh, I think that Leeds could give him a fight, but I don't. By fight, I don't mean keep it close. If if that's fair i i their defense is is certainly penetrable and uh you know you, you've got erling holland on the other side so any any result i would not be surprised by but Leeds, you know they've they've improved slowly mm-hmm. um and they have a high work rate which i think matches up well with city's possession style it's a team that they can't maybe completely kill off by just possessing the ball they're just going to keep coming for more so i think that that um you know is definitely something going for leads but that's me trying to find a reason i'd say i'd say the minus 1.75 line is definitely fair and i see this one being like a like a four to one or three to one game in Mm -hmm. favor of city Uh, so feel confident starting most of those city assets I could very easily see this with Leeds at home 
coming off the blocks. Like you said, they're a very energetic team. They might sneak the first goal in this one, but then I think City are just too good, and this Leeds defense is kind of beaten up a little bit. So it's like you could score and go up in the first 20 minutes of the match, but then the next 70 minutes you're going to struggle, and City is just put you to the grindstone. Um, so yeah, I think I wouldn't bet on a Man City clean sheet, but I would also think about streaming any defender from City. Does that yeah, make sense? Agreed. Even Kyle Walker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now that he's back healthy, I know he's going to score like four points if they don't get a clean sheet, but there's double digit potential there. And I think they have a pretty favorable matchup. He might fall into an assist. Who knows? But anything to add to this one, guys? That's pretty much it for me. I don't typically like spending too much time on cities because I think most people are aware. Yeah, they're just, they're good. (laughs) City or city. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Let's finish this off with our starts of the week. Um, starting off with your defenders of the week, Sat, give me your defender of the week here. Yeah. So I've got Harry Maguire. I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be a good late game option. Like I mentioned earlier and in those three pretty dominant matchups, um, that some of those top guys have, uh, you know, he should see the start given that Veron and, uh, Martinez both played in the world mm-hmm. cup final. So, you know, let's let's hope he can return to some sort of non-fridge form and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll be doing okay. Uh, right. Yeah, but let's let's pass it to Peter because I yeah. uh, know he's got to get out of here quick on his first day. So he's yeah, cutting so out early. Guys, but uh, <laughs> uh, real, I'll go through him real quick. Uh, Estupinian for defense because I love him. Doherty because... He's, you know, he's he's in the goals over the last three or four games, whether they be exhibition or or real games, and um, uh, he she may start at 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 left wing back this week, or hopefully at at right back. And Emerson is on the bench, but that's wishful thinking. And then Hugo <laughs> Bueno because he's one of those players where he's on the rise. He could be the next big thing he seems to be adapting to the Premier League quite well. And mm-hmm. if you can get him now and he goes on a run, you know, now's the time to get him. And uh, he's, he's, he's in that Wolves Everton game where, you know, clean sheets very possible. Um, I like Michael Elise. Honestly, I like him most weeks, but this week I, uh, you know, he's rested. He's, he's progressed really, really well this year. And uh, he seems to be playing. He's, he's, Eze seems to be the first subbed out, and Elise usually stays on, so I really like that about Elise. Mm-hmm. I think Amadou Onana from Everton is a – he'll have a – I think he'll win the midfield battle there. Um, and he – I think he'll have enough defensive counting stats to have a decent week. And then back to Marcus Rashford for the attacker. Uh, I just I – I feel like he's about to explode and, and, and really become – a prominent player, not just 
for United again, but I think I've I've got a feeling he's getting ready to turn it on to and we'll see the best of his career coming up here uh, the last half of this year and 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 going forward. I got a feeling. So huh. that's what I got. I Guys, so I'll I'll leave you to your to the rest of your starts of the week. Thanks for a great first episode and uh we'll see you next time. Yeah, man. Good start. Thanks. Thanks Appreciate for it. Us. Take it easy. Yeah, cheers. All right, Zach, who you got? Actually, I got to go through my defenders. So yeah. I also have Bueno. Um, don't need to rehash what Peter just said. Uh, but then I got to stick with uh, with our boy, Patterson, Nathan mm-hmm. Patterson from Everton. So yeah. like we said that earlier. Between us. <laughs> yeah. It's our little secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said earlier, Everton Wolves, probably a good game to take your defenders from. So, yeah, that's all well and good uh patterson similar to onana for everton probably get you around five six points uh at a a floor so there's clean sheet potential there Uh, as far as midfielders go it looks like we've both got different midfielders from the same team so uh let's hear yours first yeah so i got moises caicedo uh brighton our third best in midfielder scoring per 90 at 12.4 uh, I know that's largely due to the presence of Pascal Gross and Leandro Trossard, but uh, their lack of a forward, I believe, provides more upside for their midfielders to get forward. Mm-hmm. And Moises Caicedo had a pretty solid World Cup. Um, he is showcasing, I believe he's aware of it, uh, for some of the bigger clubs who may try to sign him come this summer. And I think he's going to be a good box-to-box midfielder with probably similar numbers to Conte circa uh, three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think that's who he is. And he he's really a solid option going forward if you could snake him away as like a good floor player who most people are not in search of. Mm-hmm. Just an idea. Um, but yeah, I'll pass to you because I know you are a little bit higher on one of the uh, community's favorites. Yeah, I've got Matoma. Like you said, um, the lack of forward kind of pushes these midfielders higher, and we know Matoma is more of an attacking asset. Um, so I like him to get forward in this one a little bit more. Probably see Trossard through the middle, maybe, with Welbeck. Um, and then you have McAllister out for this one, probably. Well, more than likely. Um, so... Yeah, I think that Casado kind of locks things down as your defensive midfielder. Sally March probably tucks in a little bit, and you've got Matoma, Trossard, Gross, and Welbeck kind of getting forward. So that's one. And then, uh, like Peter said, looks like we have a few of the same players. Uh, I like both Eze and Elise in their matchup. Uh, Eze has been pretty consistent over the last few weeks he's right around that like double digit mark most game weeks so i just like the consistency in the floor from him and then alise is just kind of that counter to as a um but yeah i like their matchup against fulham so those are my guys this week uh as far as attackers go it looks like uh you and peter both picked united forwards but they're not the same guy so no yeah so i'm in on anthony martial i think he's shown his class anytime he's had the chance as of recent uh the departure of ronaldo obviously helps him and 
you know, provides a spot. And I think that that offense is going to change uh, entirely without him. It's going to be much more team dependent. He'll get more touches on the ball. Uh, the one thing you're hoping for is that he goes close to a full 90. I'm sure he probably won't get pushed to go full 90, but uh, just getting 75, 80 minutes under his belt would be great and such a great matchup. You'd be hard-pressed to find an attacker that's going to have that much upside. He is a top 12 forward this week, guaranteed. And uh, yeah, don't forget it. I'd say he's, if you're thinking of trading in for Rashford, but his price has gone up too much, Maybe try going for Anthony Martial if you can snag him away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went with kind of an odd choice for forward, seeing as he missed the last game before the World Cup break. Um, Ollie Watkins, I think, uh, with the resurgence, if you will, and we saw two games of it, who knows what's actually going to happen, of Essen Villa under Unai Emery. Uh, I think he's a good shout to get on the score sheet against a Liverpool team that may or may not be back to where they were in seasons past. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, this game week is going to be kind of hard to see like where these teams le- left off if they make that progression or if we just kind of see more of the same. So with this one, I'm hoping we see more of the same from the Liverpool defense. Um but, yeah, I think he's got a good shot with a more revived Ashton Villa side. And I think that'll do it for this week. Anything, any final words on this one? Yeah, actually, I mean, it. I was just checking out Ali Watkins' numbers. So he's got two attacking returns in the past couple of weeks. But it just kind of brings me to a larger point of, you know, we come back and we return uh, to the fantasy space after brushing the dust off our teams and, and our brains as, as things relate to uh, all things fantasy. Expect that from everyone else in your league. See if you mm-hmm. can maybe take advantage of someone and get, get a trade or two off before the week starts because, you know, there's there's two things that are true. One, uh, you know, everyone has kind of forgotten all this, you know, important knowledge that we're providing you guys. And two, I'd say, just from a humanistic point of view, people are probably at the least point of, or lowest point of uh, attachment to their players right now. We just watched the World Cup. We took time off. Mm -hmm. um, And we don't feel, at least I don't feel like I need to hold every single one of my assets as much as I maybe did before because they haven't been playing for me recently. They haven't been giving you that high of getting you 20 points any time recently. So maybe try and take advantage of that. Try and snag one of these guys in a trade, even if, you're trading a little higher than you would have wanted to. I think you could find yourself a little deal. Yeah, that's damn good advice. I would say that the interest level in Fantrax, like at managers of Fantrax teams right now, is probably at its lowest until these games actually kick off. So if you throw out a trade that kind of sparks some interest, or like you have to think about it for a little bit. I mean, yeah, got to shoot your shot before Monday for sure because that's when things kick back off and yeah. uh, who knows what we'll see. So it's a very good, uh, very good uh, ideas there. So I don't really have much to add to this one. Um, appreciate all the listeners getting back in touch with us. I know it's been a while. Uh, let's kick this season back off right. I'm uh, excited to see what happens here on Monday and 
in the coming months and see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck in uh, your matchups, everybody. And, uh, you know, have a happy holidays. Exactly. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you before the new year. Peace.